0: Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Carlene Savage, conflict resolution expert, founder of the Savage Theory of Resolution, and your host. And today, a few things are going through my mind and how we, how we sabotage people, unintended or intended, how we sabotage people. And, um, we moved to a new area. We, Engaged with a church there, and um, you know, as they do sometimes in churches, or they should be doing, is they come and visit you and try and, you know, um, friendship you and bring you in and connect with you and have a place for you to call home. And that is normal, acceptable, and should be expected. But it's interesting what people do and how they show up and how they reveal themselves to somebody who works in conflict. And, um, you know, Christ was called a lot of things. He was called um, things like Redeemer, Son of God, Lord, Creator, Bread of Life, the Only Begotten, Son of the Living God, Beloved Son, the Holy One, King of Kings, the Great Mediator, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are all names. And I don't know if you're like me, but I begin to study the life of Christ, study his his, uh, experiences and his teachings and his life that's just my belief system and I believe in that and so I follow that and that's something I work on so several people have come over and hey how you doing and they sit and they talk and they ask questions and and I ask questions we ask questions and find out about them and um one this one particular occasion Uh, a man came over and, you know, it's interesting how as men or women get more power, um, sometimes they can feed on that power and it becomes a thing for them, becomes part of their identity to wield that power. And I don't know in all churches if these people are paid or not paid. Are they, you know, are they the volunteers and but I've just noticed that sometimes that can happen. It could be a runaway train, men or women. so this man comes over, what do you do? and my husband's talking, and he he's telling him things, and I love my work, and that's basically what i said i you know I explained who I was, that I mediate um, and that I you know am certified and hostage in crisis and And that I love the work. I love what it does for people when they truly, when you can be, um, within the means of people that really know how to flesh out and help people. It is a miraculous work. And just as, just as architecture, engineering, being a doctor, um a therapist when they see those breakthroughs when they see wonderful things happen when they have success in what they're doing it is a beautiful thing I venture to guess that as we all watch change and positive change it does something to us so this is no different I began to share and I said I just I love the work he began to ask questions you know so do you use it on your kids do you use it and it dawned on me that ha, huh, he clearly has the wrong view of what the work is but because it's such a different kind of work that you can't you know it's not like so this man's an engineer so it's not like you can look at structures and know weak and strength. You can, you can take a hard brick and mortar place and show the positives and the negatives, show where um, designs are wrong or show where they strengthen, or how you'd want to have, um, you know, uh, support beams or support foundations and how you'd want to have them, knowing how thick, etc. Right? So mediation and conflict resolution isn't like that. You just need to be astute, you need to be present, you need to be um, use your skills. You need to n- know how to give people power without sacrificing your own. You need to know how to give people power and have that be their accountability and your accountability. And so it's just skill set. <clears throat> As I was talking to this man, I was telling him, I love the work. It's amazing to watch what happens with people's lives. And as he was asking me, you know, do you use it on your kids? I said, you know, it's, it's different. It's a way of life. It's a way of being, but yeah, my kids have, you know, often said, you can't use that stuff on me. And, and that is one of the most naive statements that people can give because it's not about that. And it's sad when. Christ has that same title of mediator and that he solves conflicts and he is he is that person that we look at and not that I am saying that mediators are they're not Christ but they begin to understand when you practice it what it actually is so this gentleman was saying this stuff to me and he's going oh so you playing mind games and I said no no no, we didn't. We don't play mind games. It's never that. It has nothing to do with mind games. <clears throat> I said, but I can read people. Well, it's interesting what happens when you have two definitions of reading people. And so he he took off with that. Oh, you could read people, and he just kind of, you know, we continued on with the conversation. No big deal. Went to church, and he's walking around me. And he comes up to me, shakes my hand, and then he backs up. And he goes, I'm going to leave because you, you play mind games. And I looked at him and I thought, wow. And he'd said it to me again another day. She plays mind games with people. And finally, you know, I'm sitting back and I'm just a little offended. And I said to him, I said, no, I don't play mind games. He says, but you said you read people. I said, just like you're an engineer and you could read a building, you could read people too, you know, uh, having been interacting with people, what kinds of people you like to interact with and you don't like to interact with, it's no different as a person at a doctor and he sees somebody as a chiropractor and they see somebody walking hunched over, they know what, that there's a problem. Somebody who focuses on spirit and feelings, they can feel things around people. But because it's an, um, a mysterious work for a lot of people to understand, he you read people, you play mind games. And the problem with that is he is in leadership and he is sharing this with people. He is telling people. She reads people. She plays mind games. And while it might be in jest, or he delivers it in jest, he's got an underlying truth there. And then when people interact with me, and they have his voice going on with the other leadership, that becomes problematic. But here's the bigger thing. That inserts a spirit into the the society of whatever that is into the culture. People will begin to pause. People will begin to wonder, is that true? Isn't that true? If it's true, should I avoid that person? Shouldn't I avoid that person? And all because he misunderstood. He doesn't know what it is. He didn't ask. And when I tried to help him understand it, he didn't listen. And so now it's becoming kind of this internal plague. Another man who's in leadership with him interacted with me, but he wouldn't even cross the street. He just told me from a distance, we're a volunteer group and you need to understand how a volunteer group works. We don't work like corporate on corporate time. And I thought, aren't we all volunteers? Did you just alienate me from that statement? This is what I'm talking about in conflict resolution. These, even the silences, even the quiet things, the things you think will spread. If you're in leadership, the things you say will spread, sabotage, hurt culture, climate, community, hurt the village. But then he will get to sit back and say, I didn't do anything. I was nice. I was cordial. Ah, those were just in jest. No, they weren't. You went home and told your wife because you've said enough about it to me. And we remember that when you speak to the person, you always smooth it over. You always make it sound better, better than what you're telling other people. Right? So there it is. He is creating sabotage and he can sit back and now say, what? I didn't know and that's the problem when we're when we create conflict we don't always do it face on head on right there we do it by creating undercurrents creating thoughts vibes not understanding our own vibe our own hesitation here's the deal he's apprehensive he doesn't know what i can read or what i can't read but he automatically assumes i could read his insecurities and i could read his his maybe sins or something like that and he doesn't like it because if if you're completely open and in the light and and somebody says i can read things i'd go yeah read me tell me talk to me about it and that becomes the problem is when we don't understand. He didn't ask any more questions. He didn't listen when I did try and clear it up with him. And it's no different. When you're in a heavy practice, when you do something and you do it really well, you can read things. There's no mystery there. So I just want to share that with you so that when you go out in the world, that you remember that even if you're not saying it, you are com- con- um, contributing to society it's contributing to culture and that's why some of the things that i train on and change the change model the the prayer challenge the things that i train on help to skew and move that those kind of insecure workings behind push them out push them to the back so that you can move on and do good constructive lift and loving people Anyway, this went a little long, but I hope it helps you. I hope you're blessed. If you ever have a question, just ask.